In this episode, I'm going to give you some tips about preparing for and dealing with an active shooter situation. I recently did a video on YouTube with Luke the Cop where we talked active shooter and a lot of things you can do about it. That link is down in the show notes if you just want to jump right to that. But for those who are not into YouTube or perhaps you're listening to your vehicle right now, I'm going to hit some of the highlights. encourage you to watch that video later if there's something you're interested in. Using some of the training experience I have as well as Luke's knowledge and understanding and all his experience in law enforcement for over 20 years, we discuss what's wrong with the run, hide, fight training program that even the FBI foolishly still has on their website. I'm going to give you a few of the highlights, the things I think, as well as some good training tips to help you prepare for that situation and the unfortunate event it happens and things that you need to think about. But definitely go check that video out if you want to see more. So active shooter tips and safety, that's what we're going to talk about right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. I am drinking tea, which I normally drink coffee, but man, I've been drinking a lot of tea being sick. I should have a British accent for all the tea I drink. I don't know if that's a funny joke, but I was thinking about that today. I drank so much tea. And I drink a little bit of coffee and tea every once in a while. Not that you care, but I've been drinking tea like crazy. Now I'm kind of migrating. I'm going to green tea instead of funny flavored ones. I think that's a happy medium. Anyway, that's not important. So active shooter. I think statistically, and I just think this. I haven't looked it up. I, statistically, it's probably like being in a plane crash. I mean, as much as it happens, the odds of it happening. There are consistency things we can see about it. I mean, I don't know that it's 100%, but there's enough information there indicating things about where and when these events happen. We know they happen in schools. We know that a lot of times they happen in what's called no-gun zones or whatever they call them. Not all the time, but sometimes, a lot of times. And there's a lot of arguments and stuff about it, but this is about not really identifying it's going to happen. Most of the time, you're not going to know. Somebody's just going to start firing. But what can you do and what are some things to consider? One of the things I want to point out, I mentioned near the end of this video, which if you if you watch that video, it'll be near the end. I talk more in depth about it. But one of the statements that are out there that I just don't like, it says, it's, it's along the line, you'll know what it is, but it's along these lines. The only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. I think that's stupid. Now, I know that there's plenty of people out there that when they say good guy versus bad guy in that statement, they're thinking good versus bad, you know, righteous versus evil, light versus dark. I get that. But the difference between a good and a bad guy in most people's minds, no matter what they're saying, is the side they're taking. The problem with that is good guys have good intentions, good initiatives sometimes, and bad judgment because they don't know any better. I think it's foolish for any good guy to get involved. Now I'm going to let that, I let that sit there for a second, just to piss some people off. I think what it should say is a trained guy and it doesn't have to be a guy. It can be a girl. Don't get all pissy about that. But training is what makes the difference. It's like, let's say I, I talked briefly about people that, you know, I'm a better shooter and a cop military guy. I know and I explained that, but let's say you are, let's say, you know, some cops and, you're better with a gun than they are. Fine. But you know what they have that you don't? For most people out there, experience and training and dealing with law enforcement situations, talking to people, reacting to situations, direct connections to backup assets and other agencies if they need them, if the situation escalates, knowing the laws and how to use them. Are all cops perfect? No, but neither are civilians. 
and it's about the training. In that video, we actually go through some scenarios. We typically, I think, mostly used them all. One of the things I didn't point out in that video I should have is we didn't just dream those up. All those scenarios and variations that Luke and I gave have happened. And a lot of it's not just about how to deal with it. It's about here's the good guy with the gun, and here's the situation and decisions we make. And we go through step by step. He could have done this. He could have done this. Okay, he took step one. Here's the result. He took step two. Here's the result. And we just keep going. The thing is, those have all happened. And I don't think people realize that. They're actual events that have happened somewhere in this country at some point in the last few years. They're very realistic. And I think there's something to be looked at. But the training is what matters. And I think that's a bigger thing. Another thing we talked about was run, hide, fight. We actually show the FBI video. It's a terrible video. It's completely unrealistic. It constantly contradicts itself and it gives out dangerous advice. And I'm very disappointed the FBI still has that up there. The problem with run, hide, fight is that there's no standard on how the training should be given. Even the FBI's thing is terrible and there's no real standard there. But here's the thing. It seems like a simple concept and it came out as a good idea to teach kids because it was a simple way to understand things. But people don't know what to say or not say in order to communicate how to effectively run, hide, or fight. The problem with the running, that's the big one, is that we run from threats and danger instinctively. You know, animals smell smoke, they run away, or what appears to be the quickest, shortest way possible. If there is a situation when somebody's shooting in an active shooter, most of those people are close enough to at least hear it and see which way the crowd's going or to see the shooting happening and they run directly away from it. The quickest, easiest route. The problem with that is, and there's information to back this up, a lot of people have been shot, have been shot in the back. That's like the most dangerous part of your body to get shot in. You get hit in the spine, that can ruin your life or kill you. You get hit back, back your head, it's the weakest part of your head to get shot in. You can get severely disabled, even not permanently disabled, disabled enough not to continue running. The other thing is, when somebody's in that situation, despite all the things going on in their body, the chemicals and decisions they made, once they start pulling that trigger, they're committed. And if there's any possibility of them snapping out of it, it's not going to be when they're seeing the backs of people's heads running away. Because they're watching that group of people or that individual the whole time. You can't watch them at all. And when you do look, you're slowing down. You're probably running straight away and you're an easy target. And that's bad. What you should do is treat it whether you have the training or not, how law enforcement or the military would. When they take fire, meaning being shot at, they seek cover. That's the first thing they can do. Cover things that are going to stop bullets or very likely stop bullets. It's like you can hide behind a car, could stop a bullet. Better to hide behind the wheel well, behind the wheels. There's more things there. Or hide behind the engine block. You know, if you're just hiding behind the passenger side door, that's less secure. Depending on what they're shooting, I'm going to help you. So, First thing is getting down, even if there's nothing around you. And then if there's nothing around you, identifying cover, something you think is going to stop bullets. And when I go places, I look at things like I go to a restaurant. Can I move the table or booth? What's this made out of? If something happened right now, where would I go? Could this stop bullets? Could this help shield me from just being seen to get away? I think like that because of training I've had. Not everybody thinks like that, but maybe you should. But seek cover. Then, in the military, at least real shooters, when they're doing missions, 
we have a thing called shoot, move, and communicate. But really what it should be is you're constantly communicating the best you can. And there's multiple ways to do this. But if you're not shooting, you're moving. If you're not moving, you're shooting. But in this situation, think of it as you're either you're assessing the situation, you're looking to see what's happening, you're looking for cover, then you're moving to cover. While you're moving to cover, you're looking at your path there, and you're looking for more cover. And you take cover, and you're looking for the next piece of cover. So instead of shoot and move, it's look and move. And you want to seek that cover. The other thing is, if the option's available, and a lot of times in these situations they are, but not always, when you're moving, if the terrain, the room, whatever, allows you to do it, and the shooter's close, you don't want to run directly away from them show them your back. You want to run as profile as you can, meaning if they're looking south, you're running east or west. The reason why is you're a smaller target. They're looking at your sides. Even if you do get hit, most likely you're going to hit below the waist in the leg or, if you're lucky, in the arm while you're running and moving. Head's possible. There's less body to hit. And when they do hit your body, there's a higher degree of survivability than being shot anywhere in your back. Anywhere from about the lower hips up is severely debilitating and dangerous to be shot in compared to the same place on the profile of your body. It is way worse. Not that we want to get shot, but we want to minimize that possibility. The other thing is they're focused on the mass, the group of people, and what they can get off. As terrible as they are, we luckily haven't had any real trained, knowledgeable people do these activities. When you're running profile, they then have to either choose to chase you over easier targets, which is unlikely. The other thing is they have to shift their shooting left or right, and they don't know how to do it. Most people in the military, they're trying on to suck at it. So these guys come in, and they're trying to shoot at somebody running left or right. It's going to drastically reduce the probability of them being able to hit. So that's the other thing. Fighting, yes, fighting can happen, and if you're trapped... That can happen, but I point out things in that video showing bad decisions that were made, but also there is good information in there. Like the first female in there, that entire piece should have never been in the video. It was terrible. The second female, some good stuff there, somewhat until she trapped herself, and then a group of guys trapped themselves right away and didn't get out when they could, and all the things they're giving you that sound like a good idea actually contradicts each other. And it's it's unfortunate, but I think that should be pointed out thing to understand is I tell people all the time, think like a bad guy. What realistically is, is easier. Even if you don't want to think about if you're a bad guy doing this, ask somebody who's a hunter, say you're hunting, you're hunting for this type of animal. And let's just say you can shoot as many of them as you want. And here's the situation. You start shooting and they run directly away from you with their ass to you. And then three or four of them run left and right. Which ones are going to shoot and why? And when they break that down to you, why that'll help you understand but seeking cover, seeking cover and then constantly moving and seeking cover again makes you a more difficult target, especially moving laterally to the left and right of them. Dead sprints, trying to get away. You're in the group of people. People can get trampled. They show that in the video, like the person's making a good decision and they're not. And yes, you can't get out of there and people are scared, but it's about survivability. What's the best survivability? And when I mentioned this earlier in some podcasts, I talked about Three things guys like me do when we go places. One of the things we look for are exits. You know, in that video, they show somebody that works in this restaurant and then they show her look and they show the exit sign as though she's looking for the exit. I'm like she should know where that is. She works there. When you go places, where are the exits? Where are the exits most people don't know about? 
I talk about going to a restaurant, just use yourself to the restroom to walk through the restaurant, look for other exits, other doors, fire escape type doors. How do you get in the back? What are alternative exits that aren't marked? Like, are you really in a place where you think you could pick up the chair and break it through the window? Not a lot of places like that, but some are. You know, what options do you have to get out of there? You know, I mentioned, and I don't remember which video it was or, or which podcast I wish I could tell you, but I mentioned how there tends to be one main access point. Most of the time people come into a restaurant, if something happened and they had to escape, they're all going to run for that, that exit. And that's going to cause a problem. And that's probably the exit the bad guy's coming in. So that, that's kind of terrible. It's like, look at what happened with that shooter in Aurora, Colorado during the Batman movie or whatever it was and where he came in and what they did and how people reacted. It helps you prepare and understand the possibilities of what people do, but what you can do better. And I think that's important. The other thing I mentioned in the video is talking about, there's nothing wrong with carrying a firearm. I endorse it, of course. I carry one. But understanding what your capabilities are, assessing that situation, whether or not you're going to choose to engage, and why are you doing it? Like if it's a, you got no choice, you're backed in a corner, they're coming through shooting people in your act, that's one thing. You take cover with your family or by yourself. A lot of people are exiting. This guy's still popping off rounds. Sounds like it's getting closer, but you don't know where it is. Are you going to get out of there and try to get other people out of there? Are you going to try go choose to go after this guy? And when you make that choice, we discuss options and scenarios that may happen, all of which have happened at one point or another. Some, some of them happen more than once in realizing what you're getting into. That's why I hope that anybody who is concerned about this and wants to add to training they have or just some things to think about, situations that can arise because they have arisen, is to watch that and see the kind of stuff that's going on to understand better ways to think and prepare and react in the unfortunate event you're ever in one of these situations. This applies to any situation too. I mean, there's places around the world. I know we have listeners around the world. Some of you are in places where guns are not all that prevalent or people cannot carry them. But there's attacks that are very similar where people come in with clubs or knives or machetes and attack people. You know, knife attacks are very common in places like China. I know they've happened, I think, Great Britain. I think some other places too. So whether or not it's an active shooter, look at the advice as there's some sort of threat that a person or a group of people is coming to harm other people. Completely out of the blue, we don't see it coming. How do we react from airport? And that's the thing to look for. That dead sprint trying to run away as fast as you can get seems better than moving what we call strategically or tactically, but you can't outrun a bullet. So no matter how fast you run, if you don't do it smartly, you're actually going to make it easier. So don't make it easier. Learn from people that have been in these situations. Learn from the studies that are out there, what has happened. Figure out and plan when you go to places, where would I go? Where would I escape to? How would I find cover and safety? So just to recap, I think run, hide, fight, especially the way the FBI trains, it puts you in more danger than knowing nothing. I really do, especially with that video. It is reckless. I think what I'm telling you is some good information. I think you should watch that video. There's plenty of others out there. There's other training programs for active shooter. Definitely, if you know somebody and you don't have a program, you know somebody works in law enforcement and has had active shooter training, I would talk to them, find out the training they've had and the information you can get. I think this is important because so much of these shootings have happened around kids or young people that are teenagers and they don't know and understand the options they have or the choices, decisions they make that could save their lives or somebody else. And I, I think that's criminal and I wish 
more people would put information out and teach people this kind of stuff. This isn't everything to an active shooter. It's not going to cover every possibility in there, but I think there's some good information there. So check that out. If you got questions about an active shooter or situations like this, um, let me know and I will address them. I have never done a show and like reviewed an active shooter situation. Enough people do it. Most of them are garbage, but some of them are all right. I've never done that because it's a tragedy. I, I think I've given some good general advice supplies to most of them, but I've, I've never done that. I'm probably in the future going to do some more things on travel and movement and being in vehicles and going to restaurants and places and other reasons why you might sit in certain locations, other things that are known threats that you're not thinking about that are very similar to active shooters. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But check out the show notes. That link's in there for that video. Definitely Google some other stuff. Find some more active shooter information. I advise you to minimum to at least listen to what I have to say, watch that FBI video, and see and understand why I'm saying the things I'm saying so that you can make the best decision for yourself and your family. Thanks for listening, and I'll be here again for you shortly right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight.